This is Geek Gamer Weekly, episode number 152, recorded on Sunday, February 20th, 2011, The Three-Way. Geek Gamer Weekly is brought to you by the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Watch and listen to our shows and many others at techpodcasts.tv. Hey everybody, welcome again to The Big Show. The Big Show, we like to call Geek Gamer Weekly. We are the Uber podcast for geeks and gamers. Welcome. We are glad to have you all here with us. Whether you're listening on your iPod, your iPhone, the Zune, your Android, your Evo, your BoxyBox, your Roku Box, your BoxyBox, any box, welcome. We are glad to have you. This is episode number 152 for Sunday, February 20th, 2011, and we have a, a packed show full of great goodness and awesomeness. Uh, first off, uh, I'd like to introduce myself to you. If you don't know who I am, I am Chase Nunes, and I try to run the train wreck that we tend to have each week around this time if you're watching live at live.geekgamerradio.com, but that's changing, and we'll talk about that soon. First off, starting us off, I cannot do the show without him because he is my anchor uh, to the to the train. No, wait, to the train wreck of the boat. No, whatever. He is the anchor of the Titanic of this show, and here he is, folks, Mister John Kessler. What's up, John? I'm the anchor. You got to be the rudder. I guess you're broken, and that's why the Titanic. I, I I I try to steal. steal. <laughs> no, he's 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 the propeller. Uh, he oh. drives the show. So you're the rudder. Uh, that's I steer under- the show? I tried with an analogy, yeah, and I failed <laughs> miserably. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm still working on it. How you doing over there, John? Just ducky. Uh, I know. I know. It's, yeah, it's ducky. Getting, Every it's time, old. ducky. Jeez, uh, ducky. In case you didn't see John's lower third, I'm going to throw it up again. He is now our... Uh, he's are now he's been promoted. He was the president of our chat operations. He's now the COO of chat operations. Cool. Co? Uh, that's a chief operating officer of chat operations. <laughs> Joe got it. Yeah. <laughs> so, John, how's it feel to uh, be our new COO of chat operations? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Just ducky. Just ducky. Uh, also, we like to introduce again, uh, Mr. Joseph Falby. What's up, Joe? Hey, how's it going? Good man, you know I gotta say you look a little different. I can't put my finger on it. It's it's the mess that you can see over my shoulders That's now right. that I have now, now that I'm widescreen. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're widescreen. You're like it's you're widescreen. You're, you're HD. HD jo- even. Joe Joe HD. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> kind of like the uh, the new. Uh, I don't know if you guys you heard about it. Uh, the um, oh hold on, there we go. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm trying to direct here. I, yeah. I have to be the director, the producer, and everything. So, Joe, you went. Tell us about your camera. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going uh, to go away. For a while, right? For the first, I don't know, few dozen episodes, I used this camera. 
Which, that, for those who don't recognize it, is an Xbox Live video <laughs> camera. It's sexy. It worked okay, actually. It wasn't too bad. The picture quality wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. Then I got this camera because Chase said, ooh, the Microsoft Live Camps are great. And uh, I believed him. So I got this camera, which is a LifeCam HD 5000. Technically, it has the exact same specs as the camera I'm using now, but it's not Skype approved. Skype approved? What, what's right. that? So it what's can't that, do what's that HD mean? with Skype. What? Because they, Microsoft decided not to pay Skype their money. That's, that's right. They couldn't uh, show the label so now, on, the, on the box. The what now? The label on the box saying that it's Skype uh, uh, tested and approved. Right. So now I have a Logitech C910, which Logitech did pay Skype the money uh, <laughs> to, um, to become uh, Skype approved. So it supports uh, um, single, as long as you're only doing one person with, with another person, it supports HD video. I think it actually... It doesn't like three ways. <laughs> it, appears to, it did not appear to like three ways because when you joined the conversation, it said no. <laughs> no, it just didn't like me. I actually, yeah. I actually think you guys that it would support HD, but we haven't paid for the group calling yet on Skype. Oh, so, so the, the, this is the oh. other way we could do group calling is we don't by, have doing this. The, by doing the triple shot that you see right now if you're watching the video. So Which we don't have fine. The, we don't have the Skype approval. We don't. We didn't. We didn't pay. We Skype. don't have Skype group chat approval yet. <laughs> we don't oh. have Skype group bucks. Actually, we didn't. Yeah, pay because for that yet. because Skype decided to charge money for a service that previously had been free. Well, they were beta. They were beta testing it. I mean, there's you know, I nothing wrong. I don't with care that. if they're beta testing or not. They shouldn't have a service and then get rid of it. <laughs> well, they didn't get rid of it. They just they're just charging for now it. Now they're charging for it. Yeah, I guess that's true. But. Yeah. I like to know what the... It's the, like a drug dealer. He gets you hooked and then he drags yeah, it away and says, here, give, give us money for more. Come on, chat people. Tell us. What, what do you guys think of Joe? I mean, does he look better now? Does he look worse? Does he need to have a better background? Inquiring I should have a better background. You know what I should do is next time I go shooting, I'm going to take a target like that and put it up behind me. Like, that's like right. I was envisioning shooting John, actually. Yeah. That, that's yeah. why I did so well that day. <clears throat> yeah. It was a competition between John and I and... Uh, you know, thanks, uh, thanks to that, you know, I, I was able to uh, take you down, John, and kick your butt. I wanted to be the wanted the zombie targets, but you were just cold. I was cold. Yeah, it actually, was, it, was a, it was a very cold night. Yes. <laughs> well, they keep it cold. It was like it was it was very cold. Yeah, well, they don't want the guns to overheat. That I guess not. <laughs> I guess if you're shooting, you know, a lot of rounds, stop coughing. Stop doing that. Yeah, All right. it's not me this time. When are you going to come back up here, Joe, so we can shoot guns again? I don't know. Uh, that's a really, really good question. I'm going to be up in uh, Olympia area next weekend for uh, Damland. Um, you guys could come down for that. I'm sure we could find some place down there. Otherwise, um, I'm not sure what, what the next weekend is going to work best for me. I will, I will not be at Damland, unfortunately. <sighs> I'm sorry. It's terrible. I know. I have a prior engagement. Uh-huh. I have a prior engagement of pinball. Uh-huh, yeah. I'm sorry. I keep forgetting, what button is Joe? Is Joe 7? Yes, I oh. got it right. <laughs> no, I, I uh, once a month, there is a uh, pinball tournament for the Vancouver Regional Pinball Association that I'm a part of, and the problem is the points are so tight that you, you can't really afford to miss a week, or miss a month, I should say. So, and right now I'm in the running to make it in, you know, because I want to make it to the, the finals. I want to qualify. So I cannot miss it and miss it if I can help it. So, Fair enough. Sorry. 
What did you do over this week and or week, Joe? Anything fun or interesting to report from the land of Oregon? Uh, not really. I ended up working, um, oh, I think I'm going to actually call it 10 hours on Saturday. Uh, I got called in at about 6, 6.30 or so in the morning for a um, major network down at work. Uh, we actually lost power uh, over about half town. We had a generator, or not a generator, a uh, transformer <laughs> blow up that took out uh, – Oh, it took out power from oh, probably about two-thirds of Newburgh or so. My house rent lost power, and uh, so did our uh, our public safety building where the police department is and dispatch center is, and City Hall lost power and a bunch of stuff like that. So other things remained online, but we did lose quite a bit of power. Wow. Thrown so, into so I was a- there for a few hours, and then the biggest thing wasn't, fix, wasn't dealing with that. It was uh, dealing with the aftermath, af- aftermath after power came back up. We had to go around and check to make sure all the network gear was coming up right. Make sure people's computers were coming up and weren't, you know, totally crashing. And yeah. we're probably going to get tons of calls come Tuesday morning. But uh, I don't know; it's not really my problem. <laughs> what I mean, it I, will be, but after only after I get to work, you know, somebody else has to be there from seven, so it'll be their mostly their problem. Government emergencies—you must love them. Uh, it's exciting, but I, the interesting thing was is they, I guess there was a pretty big bang and a bright flash because it was an electrical fire that that actually happened, and um, the. Uh, they cool the transformers with um, uh, with mineral oil, and the mineral oil actually caught on fire. And PGE, who's the electrical provider in the area, Portland General Electric, said, well, I mean, our, our fire guys were not willing to try to put out the fire because there was a few thousand volts of electricity around it. And uh, PGE said, well, we'll just, there's, you know, there's not a whole lot of mineral oil left in there. We'll just let it burn off, <laughs> and, uh, and then we'll replace the, the transformer. So when I left at about um, about twelve thirty or so, the gener- the transformer was actually still on fire, even though oh, we had, they had switched service over to a different trans and different transformers. Everything came back up. The one that had initially gone out was still on fire. Oh, so Jesus, it was kind of exciting. But like I said, that's PG PGE's problem, not mine. I just mainly had to deal with the network and the internet. What about you, John? What did you get to do and have fun with over the past week? Anything interesting? Um, I played some Rock Band 3. Oh, yeah. You still got my guitar over there. Yes. Oh, eh, no big deal. Well, there's a second one here. That's right. I think I have the broken one. Oh, you do? <laughs> the broken bass? Yeah, the broken bass. But, you know, if I'm there by myself, it's just I got the good guitar. Cool. You're just playing with yourself? It's all good? <laughs> yeah. As usual. Yeah. <laughs> John, Best way to play. John plays with himself uh, yes. and plays Rock Band 3 at the same time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, with John, we had a little LAN party this weekend. Yes, we did. Uh, LAN Party Northwest, LPNW.com is the website. It was actually a lot of fun. We took the pinball machines that I have in my garage. We brought them over. And we had a little mini pinball tournament. We'll actually have a video of it. And we'll put it up on the website later on this week, which will be a lot of fun to watch. It was very competitive, a lot of fun. We played Stalker, which I thought was not so good of a game. And we also played Quake 3 Arena. Mm-hmm. And they also played a little bit of uh, Source of the GoldenEye version, GoldenEye Source. Hmm. Now, which version of Stalker did you guys play? Because there are three different Stalker games out right now. Stalker 3? I guess I don't know. Uh, well, there's there, none look. of them are named by number. There's oh. Shadow of Chernobyl, which is the original. 
Uh, then there was uh, Clear Sky, and now uh, Call of uh, Prepat is the current one. That's the one that we played, Call of oh. Prepat. Okay. I, I they're not it. the best. I don't think they're the best multiplayer games, but they are a really, really good single player game. Well, okay, then maybe I should play the single player because the multiplayer I was not very happy with. It's a uh, it's an FPS um, RPG, and it it's actually really, really well done, and the environments are really interesting to explore, and um, I, I've had a great time with them. So cool, cool. Well, you guys want to get onto the, the the geek stories? What do you guys think? Let's geek it. Let's geek it up. I need a little sound. I need a little music thing there. Oh. Sorry, it's time to geek it up. Yay! All right. Yeah. We, hey, by the way, if you're a music genius and you want to make a little, let's geek it up. Let me know. We'd love to have it. We'll take it. It'd be great. So lots of lots of great, great, great geek stories this week. The first one uh, that I, I'd like to show you is uh, Court confirms that the. Uh, Oh, wrong button again. There we go. <laughs> I keep hitting the wrong buttons today. Court confirms that IP addresses are not people. Duh. Now, this this happened over in the United Kingdom, and obviously a lot of things that happen over there tend to filter over here. But what's going on here is that these you know, RIAA companies, the copyright infringers that out there that are trying to enforce their copyright, are doing these anonymous lawsuits where they'll sue based on IP address, and then they'll ask the court for the information to say, hey, we want to know who's behind 82.75.55. blah, blah, blah. And what's going on here is that the court is now saying, well, no, these are not people. You just can't do that. And obviously another thing is, you know, with everyone with wireless routers, some of them are not secure. You have no really idea who is the infringer. You just can't blanketly blame somebody or the main account holder if they're not the one actually doing that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. How do you guys think uh, feel about this? I mean, I think this is a good thing. I think this sets a good precedent. Hopefully, we'll see these kind of decisions carry over here into the U.S. But uh, John, what, what do you think? It's. Uh, I was kind. Of, I was trying to skim through that earlier. Um, the read on it. It's. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, as far as the defendants, that's a. It's a good uh, thing for them. Um, as far as obviously, yeah. <laughs> they're not yeah. getting uh, the loser yeah. money. Of course, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's true. I mean, I could come over here, do something. You already do. You come over to my house and yes. you download the child porn. John does not download child porn. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, no. But you come over here and you you could infringe fringe upon your network and then I'll go home and three hours later I read in the news that uh, Marysville man uh, been arrested <laughs> for uh, <laughs> copyright infringement <laughs> <laughs> oh wow well, gee good thing I wasn't there yeah no kidding well, <laughs> what do you think Mr. Joe Falvey well this is sort of logical I mean everybody yeah. knew I mean everybody who's who's at least aware of technology and how some of this this IP stuff works um is at least aware that this sort of thing happens. And I think it goes even further than this. If they, if they pick a time frame in, say it was six months ago, uh, unless the ISP has logs from that time period, that IP address could, be, could have been assigned since then to somebody else. So, I mean, it may not even be associated with the same household that it had been associated with when they decided that IP address uh, was infringing on somebody's copyright. Yeah. So, I, 
it, this is the sort of you know duh thing that it that everybody who's in the industry, or everybody who's in technology knows, but it takes forever for attorneys and lawyer and uh, and judges to figure it out. Um, you know, even though the rest of the you know everybody in the tech community is basically screaming at them, telling them that. No, they're being stupid if they don't it's realize dynamic. this. <laughs> it's dynamic. It's dynamic. It's dynamic. Electro-like. They're not paying for a static. Until we reach the point where every person is issued an IP address on birth, which God forbid it ever happens, um, this sort of thing is, is not, you know, in well, any way, shape, or form. Well, Joe, some good. kids are actually issued .coms at birth. I mean, parents are now making sure that they register blahsmith.com to make sure that blah has his .com. Well, yeah, and, and that makes sense, but that's a lot different from having the IP address associated with you uh, because you can put that, that website anywhere you want. I think we need to cut to more shots of John eating Girl Scout cookies. Let's do that. There we okay. go. It's good. It's yeah. good. What are you eating over there, John? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What are those? Are those do mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Very good. Mm. And by the way, $4... <laughs> For Girl Scout cookies, they go towards your local troop. They help fund 15% of programs. Really, I mean, I'm not going to... And it's important for people who, who are against the Boy Scouts because there are... <laughs> the, Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts are not associated with that in any way, shape, or form. They are a completely different organization. That is that is correct. So. That is uh, that is correct. You know, it's one thing intriguing, I was looking at the uh, the chat room here at live.geekgamerradio.com. Uh Dutchie was was saying, wait until IP4 addresses run out. Actually, they've ran out. They've already allocated all of them. Um, Almost. Well, they there's a lot of dormant ones, but I heard that yeah. they've they've already allocated them all. So they are planning on going back and recycling ones that are dormant and not been used or reserved. Obviously, these uh, these companies out there need to get off their butts and update some hardware. I know it's going to cost some money, but they need to get it done. Get her done. I, I guess what it is 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 IANA, which is the International Association of Internet Addresses, I think. I think I got that right. Um, has run out of IP addresses. They've given out all of these central addresses that they have. There are still regist- uh, regional registries, though, that have at IPv4 addresses available. And in theory, that could last for about 170 more days before those run out. So, but yeah, we're going to have to move to IPv6. China's already on the way. Um, and uh, contrary to what you may have heard on Fox News a while ago, they are cross-compatible if you have the right router gear in place. That is true. Windows 7 and Mac OS X 10.6.6, and maybe a few versions before that, are IP6 compatible. Yay! Yep. And actually, in fact, Windows 7 has the annoying habit of, de- of turning it on by default, and I always turn that crap off because it's a pain in the neck. Yes, that's true. Not, not to mention that I know that Google is planning on this summer or in a few months or whatever actually changing the addressing of their website to an IPv6 compatible uh, version as a test. They want to say, hey, you know, it's not going to break the Internet if we switch. You might need to have a modern browser or a modern operating system, but hey, it's not going to break. We're going to be okay, right, John? Yeah. The issue isn't isn't desktops because, like like you said, most desktops now support IPv6. The issue is ISPs. If ISPs drag their feet and they don't upgrade their gear, upgrade their at least the software on their routers, that could be where the problem comes from. The phones are um, going to break. The phones aren't going to break. What about XP though? XP going to break? Uh, I don't 
think so. I mean, maybe, but I think so. Uh, as long as supports it, it I think it, my laptop. I, I think with a it. service pack, XP supports it, but I'm not sure about that. Yeah, you shouldn't be on XP anymore. I, I think it's time to move on to uh, to seven. I think my opinion. You should, Probably my laptop yeah. works fine. You should at least be upgrading to Windows ME by now. Yeah, <laughs> John. John is still running Windows uh, XP on his uh, uh, Itronics Weezer. His Weezer. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, there is a. Um, uh, IPv6 is not enabled by default in XP Service Pack 2, but it is, it is there. So if you have XP Service Pack 2 or newer, um, then, yeah, you have IPv6. You just have Three, to turn You know, over the weekend at the LAN party, we were talking about Windows 7 mm-hmm. and how some of the things that actually has going for it is the whole, you know, you plug something in, and actually if you're connected to the Internet, it will go out and find the latest drivers for you through Windows Update. There was this I, gosh, ILO separate little mini USB monitor, you know, little seven inch monitor as an auxiliary. We couldn't find the drivers for it anywhere. I went ahead and say, hey, our Windows update, you find them. And it found them and it and it ran it and it works great. I mean, it's one of those situations where, believe it or not, Windows seven worked flawlessly. If it was XP, it probably wouldn't have. You know, the whole automated driver functionality worked well. And I was impressed with that. To mm-hmm. this day, I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice, so amazing. It's Special. simple. Uh, stop! Stop! <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. Both of you, stop it! <laughs> stop it! All right, unbelievable, incredible, <laughs> extraordinary. Speaking of Steve Jobs, we hope he's doing well. Uh, I didn't put this in the show notes or anything, but he was—he's doing incredible. He was having dinner with Mr. Obama last week. He was, That's along amazing. with uh, a lot of other bigwigs from uh, the computer industry. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> oh, what's his jerk from uh, Facebook was there. Um, <laughs> what's his jerk? What? <laughs> <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg is his yeah, name. Yeah, that's 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 the yeah, that's the Did I, you that's the echo guy, that yeah. on purpose. No, I I just I was so loud that I, I came across <laughs> Joe's speakers because Joe refuses to wear headphones. Yes, sorry, that's right. I don't have any decent headphones to wear. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, no, uh, and we didn't really see a full shot. But you know, there was a lot of National Enquirer uh, tabloid kind of things showing Steve Jobs in a frail state coming out of a hospital. And, but how can he be coming out of a hospital if he's at dinner with President Obama? So yeah, and uh, National Enquirer said a little while ago that they say he only has six six weeks to live. Um, the rest of the internet, with a little bit more common sense, says that that's probably unlikely, especially it's if he's 12. actually twelve weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's all a little bit stupid. Yeah. I, I I think he's. I mean, he's obviously not not doing great. Yeah, you know, he's obviously got some kind of a, a problem, but I don't think he's down to six weeks. But he's good cool. enough to sit down and have a nice fat steak with uh, yeah. President, Obama, President Obama, which is awesome. I mean, granted, if you had six weeks to live well, and you were going to eat dinner with the president, you would eat dinner with the president. I mean, you just yeah, do but, it. Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't have a steak. Uh, I know, I know. I'm making he's, that he's up. He's vegan. I know. I'm making that up. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. I'm I just mean, saying. Most of our listeners probably don't care what Steve Jobs eats anyway. Well, they should. He eats Pringles. Probably not. I don't know. They probably use some kind of animal byproduct in this. This is Jobs. <laughs> no. Oh, God. oh, come on. Oh, no, that's uh, that's uncalled for. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's uncalled for, John. Shame on you. 
We're already going down PG thirteen. I don't even. Yeah, want that's to... that's pretty bad. That's really bad. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of really really bad, let me show you guys something now. Up here on the the if you're watching the video, which is important because we're we're trying to push more and more video, is the brand new Gizmodo.com. Now Gawker Media owns Gizmodo.com as well as Kotaku, io9.com, lifehacker.com, and a few other wonderful websites. But the problem was they decided to go ahead and you know, Web 2.0 the site up a bit. Oh, no, this is not Web 2.0. All right, I'm sorry. Web 1.725. I, I think, I think this best connects to our earlier f- statement about being a train wreck. Okay. <laughs> Let's go back to the train wreck. So here's the train wreck if you're watching on video. And if you're not, just Wait, go to Giz. Why did it go to me when you said that? Well, I was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of train wrecks... Yeah, thanks. Uh, here's, <laughs> Joe. Here's, here's Joe. Here's no, Joe. No, so, hey, Joe. So here's Gizmodo. Now, granted, this is not their normal color scheme. This is just a sponsoring thing with Radio Shack. But you get the idea. <clears throat> so now I'm going to show you the traffic graph. And the traffic graph clearly shows a little bit of an issue here with the uh, the the bars on the left are in the lowest bar is about two and a half million uh, page views okay peaking at about four and a half to five million page views and then once they introduced their i think uh, they introduced the new site design on the seventh on the uh, seventh it dropped to a million views and then since then it has barely even achieved 500,000 page views, with the peak of that being on February 17th at about 501,000. But I, I got to say, I mean, I am a big user of these tech blogs. I, I'm a, I love Engadget. I love Gizmodo. I love Lifehacker. I actually love Kotaku and all the awesome sites that actually, you know, all the different niches and all the different ideals and stuff it's really good stuff i have to say that this new design is just crap it is really crap uh the navigation is a little bit more difficult you have to click on a story on the right and it brings it up in a this room you know what this i think the navigation is way more difficult well i gotta say joe you know what this reminds me of this reminds me of frames this reminds me of the stupid frame crap back in windows 98 days you know where you have independent little frame boxes and you click a link and it pops it in the box this reminds me of those crappy frames and i hate this this is stupid well, i think one of the biggest problems with this is you know a lot of people have moved to netbooks for their for their browsing now or you know some people not i guess not a lot of people but people have moved to netbooks for some of the browsing and because of the way the selector works on the right hand side so the the overall layout of the page now is on the left hand side there is whatever the current article is the top article or the one you've selected is viewed on the left hand side if you move the mouse anywhere in the page and you scroll your scroll wheel, that's what scrolls. Yep. Except for if you move your mouse over the little section that has where their menu stuff is on the right-hand side. Uh, if you scroll that, then the list of articles scrolls. So I'm- well, here's where the problem comes in. If you're looking at, at the video right now, you can see Chase has the, the Gizmodo site up there. And you can see the big Radio Shack ad at the top of the list of articles on the right side. When you... Go to scroll that list of articles. The ad stays there. Yep. So if you have a screen that doesn't have very much vertical space, like a netbook, you have an ad 
for probably two thirds of the page. And then you just have this little tiny chunk where you can actually see the other articles that are coming up. It's just overall a terrible design. Usability just has gone all the way through the floor with this one. Uh, you know, I don't know who in their right mind thought this was a good idea to move to this. But, I mean, it's obvious that the Internet's responded, and you can see it just in the traffic stats. They've dropped to less than 500,000 views a day with this new design. And the, one of the worst parts about it is they've driven this to all of the other Gawker Media sites. So, uh, Jalopnik, uh, uh, Kotaku, uh, io9, all, all of their, even Lifehacker has this new design. All of their other websites that are under Gawker Media have switched to this new layout. And it's, it, uh, it's just got to be one of the worst examples of human interfaces I've ever seen. Remember when Facebook rolled out their new design or, you know, they tried to, and now eventually everybody's on it, but they offered people a choice. You know, you could switch or not. And Gizmodo and the Gawker Media of websites did not offer that. They didn't say, hey, you want a beta test, a new look? Dig did this with version 4, and it pissed off a lot of their users, and now they're trying to get all their users to come back. Obviously, Gawker Media, all they care about is the ad revenue and trying to make sure they're thinking, oh, wow, we have 4 million page views per, per day. We can get much more money if we have the ad fixed on there that you know, there's no way that the, the, the user can get away from. And, and now you're seeing the result of it. You're seeing the, the payoff, and it sucks. I was demonstrating on the video as Joe was talking, and if you haven't, when you get a chance, watch the video or just go to gizmodo.com, and you will see that it just sucks. Yeah, navigation is just impossible. But I think I think Gizmodo has been going on a downward slope for a long time. Uh, you know, they've they've had a, a definite hostility towards other companies, especially Apple's the biggest one I've noticed. Um, they're the ones who repeated the the rumor from. Um, uh, from the Inquirer saying that they think Apple only has six weeks to live. And, and they've, uh, they even rented a, a helicopter to overfly the house that Steve Jobs was destroying a little while ago, saying that it was a big tragedy and you know, it's just a house. Um, you know, they're the ones who bought the iPhone 4 prototype last year for five grand when everybody else turned down the kid who stole it. So I think Gizmodo has been going down for a while. Um, and you know, honestly, I hope this is the nail in the coffin for the for for Gizmodo and Gawker Media in general. They had some okay sites. I did like Jalopnik. Life Hacker was pretty nice. But if I mean, if this is how they're going to go their design, this is it. I mean, forget it. I'm I'm not going to. I've already removed it from my list of uh, of sites to visit. Yeah, I'm actually going to the site less now because of it. Um, because yeah. it's just hard for me to navigate. I mean, I could figure it out, but that's that's not the point. I shouldn't have to. It should be easier, not more difficult, and it should flow yeah. better, not worse. Yep. John, I mean, do you have any opinions? I don't know if you visit Gizmodo much or often, but uh, no. have you had a chance to take a look at it? I was just peeking at it. What now, do you think? You I mean, this is this is you know fresh, honest opinion. What do you think of it? Since you don't go to here that <clears> often, it's it is kind of dorky. <laughs> um, you know, Spoken I actually like actually geek. it wasn't until Joe said how to uh, you know scroll the headlines in the bottom. I was just looking at going. Well, you could click that little next headlines button there at the bottom right. You know, well with with the mic in front of my face here, it's sometimes kind of hard to see some of that. But no, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't pretty obvious to me that I'm looking at it going. All right, well, it's kind of a a blank page somewhat, but. Yeah, I don't see a bunch of links to articles. I think it would be better if the entire page scrolled together. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, if they want to leave that little blue line at the bottom, that'd be fine. But the, the entire page should scroll as one unit, both the article and the headlines running down the right side. I think that would that would improve the usability just astronomically. Just just that small change. Yeah. And shrink that. Uh... Yeah. And, and move that frickin ad up at the top that makes everything impossible to see. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's uh, it's it's interesting to say the least. I mean. Why they did this? Probably to try to capitalize on ad revenue. But are they going to change back? Probably not. I'm, that's my guess. They're probably like, you know what? This is our new design. Readers will come back. We know they will. And we'll you know what's fine. interesting? I, I didn't notice this before, but if you scroll through the list of, of articles on the right side, um, it's not showing it now, but it, uh, when I went into one of the sub pages, Every other listing on that, uh, in that other articles section, was sponsored. Oh god! Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what they're what they're doing. I mean, obviously they're looking for for ad revenue, but I don't think this is the right way to do it. They're just gonna just gonna alienate every single one of their users. Yeah. And I'm looking at. I was actually just kind of peeking at the one uh, article that was on there about the the guy that's gonna get possible 20 years for doing his little. Um, YouTube video stunt. Um, but when you're scrolling down through the article, you're going on, going down. Oh, look, there's an ad for e- you know, eHarmony. Yeah, here's another ad right here. I mean, you got yeah, a big right. ad in the for middle. Targus, and then, then you got the ad for Windows Phone. I mean, it's just like, come on. Yeah, I, mean, I know they need to make money, but yeah, but this is, I mean, that the, the, there's there's sort of a line where things where things have gone too far. So yeah, I mean, they have a a, a switch to classic views uh, section. But it doesn't change the actual overall. You can see like the different posts here on the right, which is the blog view. But it doesn't matter because of the fact that it's still the overall same. I call it iframes. It feels like iframes. I mean, you click something over here, it pops up over here. And the the reader, you know, when you go to a website, typically, I mean, you want your, your eyes over here first. So I can understand, you know, their reasoning on it. I just, eh, it just sucks. Sorry. We're not trying to make yeah. this a hate fest, but it just sucks. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I heard somebody say the best way to view the site was in the mobile version, which if you go m.gizmodo.com, uh, you can view it in the mobile version, which is designed for cell phones and smartphones. And that way, you know, actually it, it seems to work like you would expect it to. There's no annoying ad thing on the side. You see all of the, the, the headlines and you can click on one and get the article without all of the extra crap in the middle of the page. Yeah, there's the uh, the mobile version if you're watching the video, which is, it's just straight stories. Yeah, and which can, is the way most of us want our news anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, this is simple, effective. If you want a yeah. nice workaround, there you go. So, that But you shouldn't have to do this. No, you, I mean, really, you yeah. shouldn't have to. It's not, not on the internet, not in 2011. Thank you very much. No, no, of <laughs> course not. Thank you so much. Let's now. Whenever I see companies teaming up with each other, I always get a little suspicious. So when I heard about Google, Best Buy, and Sony all coming together as allies to form a new uh, alliance called the Allvid Tech Company Alliance, I was suspicious. So basically, it's like this: Google, Best Buy, and Sony. Uh, obviously, the whole cable card standard didn't really take off as much as they hoped it would. So there's this new standard called the AllVid standard, which has been proposed by the FCC, which would allow 
a universal type of set-top box that could be used on any cable system and used with cable systems. You could go to the store, and you know if you bought a Sony item or a Google item or a Logitech item that had this all-vid standard built into it, you would be good to go. However, the cable company does not like this because they have the control, obviously. And so Google, Best Buy, and Sony are allying together. Obviously, Google because they, they, you know, they're making the Google TV. Best Buy because they're selling the stuff. And Sony, they're another provider in that. And obviously, Google was first with Sony, so it kind of makes sense. Uh, have you heard much about the good old all-vid standard, Joe? Do you have any opinions about it at all? Uh, have you read about it at all? You know, I haven't read a whole lot about it. Um, I'm, it's promising basically the same things that Cable Card promised originally. If it happens, that's great. Um, you know, uh, who knows? It's really, really hard to say. I think we're going to end up reaching the point where a lot more people are going to get their media, um, TV, and, and that sort of content over um, Internet rather than over their cable service. I think we're going to reach that pretty point pretty quickly, too. Um, but it is, it, it's also um, Google, Best Buy, and Sony are only three members of this group. Uh, Mitsubishi and TiVo are also involved in it. Uh, which uh, Mitsubishi and Sony, that makes a lot of sense. TiVo makes a lot of sense because they want their set-top box, their, their TiVo DVRs, uh, or actually I, actually, I guess they market their boxes as PVR, personal video recorders, instead of digital video recorders, um, to, uh, to be compatible with whatever new standard is out there. Uh, cable card, yeah, it has failed pretty bad. Um, I have a good friend who works at Comcast who uh, said that anytime they have to send somebody out to inst- set up a cable card on a TV or anything like that, it's no end of problem uh, because the, none of the TVs seem to support it the same way and none of the cards seem to work the way they're supposed to. If Allvid does what it promises, great. But by the time it actually gets to consumer hands, it's going to be as crippled as cable card is because the, the content providers are not going to want uh, to allow such an open standard. Um, it's just going to make it easier for people to uh, digitize video and put it online. Yeah, that's that's always the major fear. I mean, the whole goal with this standard, the all-fit standard, is so you can have just one box. You can have one box that does it all. You know, you can type in, say, I'm looking for Magnum PI, and it will, you know, record Magnum PI for you or pull it down the pipe for you. You know, not well. It's it's mostly a standardized interface. Yeah, so yeah, that one so that simple interface, right? And no matter what box you have, if you have a TiVo box, if you have the, the cable provided box, if you have a, a, a video card or a card capture card in your computer, you can plug it into your cable network. Give your uh, your cable provider a call. Tell them, hey, this new device with this ID number is on my account. Uh, allow it to receive video, and it'll just work. Yeah, and that's the promise of Allvid which was the promise of cable card is with cable card. It was going to be the same sort of thing where any device would work as long as the cable company issued you a cable card for it. You could just plug it in. It would recognize it and decrypt the signal for you. Um, but of course it never really worked that way because there were enough different, slightly different variations in how cable card was supported and who they allowed to have cable card devices. And up until last year, I don't think you could even buy a cable card PC card, you know, for your computer without buying an entire pre-made DVR from somebody because the, uh, who is it, Cable Labs that developed it yeah. wouldn't certify any standalone PCI cards. Well, hopefully, so. hopefully, maybe this alliance might do a bit of good. I, I'm not really holding my breath on it. It's, I think it's more gesturish than anything. Is that a word, gesturish? John, is that a word? No. Quick. No? Gesturish is not a word. No. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> I had to go to John for the authority because he is our COO of Chat Operations and yeah. words would fall under his jurisdiction. He is a wordsmith, yes. That's yes. right. I, I'm just not holding any 
breath on this one. It is a dubious title. It, it, is, <laughs> <laughs> it, it overlaps a lot of areas. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, any anytime that something like this happens, you know, you always kind of hope maybe something will come out of it. But uh, eh, we'll have to see. I mean, it's going to be it, it'll probably be five to ten years before any of this sort of stuff really has any any fruit anyway. Yeah, that's uh, true. Because in order for a standard like this to get picked up, all the cable companies have to start carrying it, which means either at least doing major software upgrades to their hardware or replacing their hardware entirely, which uh, understandably they don't want to do because that stuff is really expensive. Absolutely. You know, I. <laughs> I agree with that. Upgrading your own hardware is expensive. No, alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for a consumer upgrading a thousand dollar computer is expensive. For a company upgrading a ten million dollar head end box is expensive. Yeah. Especially when they have to do a few hundred of them across the US. I think we all agree though that there needs to be some sort of standard. I, I, mm. I think there has to be because you know, people do I mean, you look at other countries' models. They they do similar things. I, I believe in, in other parts of the world, you can just go out and buy your own box or obviously lease and rent your own box. I mean, there's other standards across the world. Everyone's so concerned here because of copyright and because of infringement. You know, they don't want the videos and programs to get out there. So, yeah, I think I think a bigger a bigger step would be instead of of the standardization which I, I think would be really, really nice to have. I mean, it'd be really good to be able to build your own DVR, you know, realistically, your own DVR box. Um, I think a bigger advantage or a bigger advancement would be the ability to do um, uh, order, order your channels uh, as you want. So, you know, if you want, uh, uh, if, if you are ordering cable service or, or satellite service, you can actually pick and choose individually what channels you want and then pay a per-channel rate. Oh. Instead of having to get a package that includes, I, I you just, know, oh, that you know, that reminds me, Joe. I just saw a commercial on TV for Direct, uh, not Direct TV, Dish. Dish, yes. Dish. Dish has been doing that, and then they say, "Hey, no provider gives you the ability to get individual channels, but we provide the ability to pick between different packages." And I'm just that's thinking, right. We have the best options for packages, yeah. and I'm just thinking, yeah, no company provides that, and I'm why not? Because it's not in their best interest because they're not going to make money right. doing that. So Because everybody knows that if you have 500 channels, you're only, only ever really going to watch 10 of them on a good week. Yep. Uh, but they still are going to get credit for having delivered those other 490 channels to you. So, all right. You know, speaking of Google, Google is mm-hmm. making more news. They are thinking about... Now, a lot of people out there do use the new Google Chrome browser. I am one of them. I, I think it's, it's a It's not nice that new. It's been around for a while. Well, it's... it's a couple years. It's newish. Newish? New? Newer, newer than Internet Explorer. How's that? Uh, newer Explorer than Internet... Not, IE9? Maybe not, but... Well, how about... I, I just mean Internet Explorer in general. Okay, newer okay. than Firefox. Newer than Safari. I would say it is the newest mainstream browser out there. That's fair. Well, Google... They're thinking about actually killing the URL bar in the next major overhaul of Chrome. Now, as you can see here, the uh, we'll scroll down and I'll show you some screenshots here. They have a classic interface. They're also going to have a compact interface that will have the menus actually pushed up into a corner. And you'll actually will type your URL right into the tab itself. So it actually will get rid of the URL bar. Uh, also, they'll have an interface for touch and also a side tab type of uh, interface as well. So you'll really, you know, I guess I could see that. You know, you type right into the tab. But, you know, 
is this really revolutionary? I'm not sure. Does it bother you? I mean, I really, I don't know. I would get kind of try to get used to it. There's probably would be an option to bring it back. I, Google's always been good with that. You know, you can add the uh, the the menu bar if you want it. You can get rid of it if you don't. You know, they've always added those options in there, so it's not been always hardcore. Where they've made well, that's a change. What, that's what classic would be. Is you'd be able to move back to classic. Yeah. See, so I'm I'm just like whatever. I kind of like the idea of actually the the of these four that they've put on here. I like the idea of the side tab, um, and and the reason I, I like that idea is. You wouldn't be able to see the entire URL, but uh, with most screens now going widescreen and web content really being optimized for being tall vertically, not wide, um, that side tab view makes a lot of sense because you lose a little bit of left-hand or or right-hand screen real estate, but you gain some height. And really on most web web pages, height is is more important. Yeah. So I, I like the idea of side tab, especially on a on a notebook or a uh, you know a, a netbook type device. I think that side tab view um, has some real advantages. Otherwise, I, I don't know. I, I it's you know like you said, I think it's the sort of thing you get used to um, not having that. You know, gaining the screen real estate, gaining the little bit of space on a small computer would make a lot of sense. Um, a netbook or or that type of device. But most modern computers, most full-on desktops, even iMacs, stuff like that, the screens are getting much, much bigger. Um, you have a whole lot more space than you did even five years ago. So I don't think it's as important on those kind of environments. But uh, on a small screen, I think it's a great idea. Moving gears now towards Apple News. So this is right up Joe's alley. Joe, My favorite part. Favorite part I submitted of the all show. these Apple stories. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and John has no opinions on any Apple stories, right? I now. usually no. spent like five or six of them, and, and Chase always takes all of them away. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So these are the best two out of the 20 that Joe submitted before. Two? There should be three. Or three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've talked a little bit about the iPad 2, and there's been some cases and some pre designs. We've actually showed them before, you know, the grills and these mock ups that we saw from CES. But now. Could the iPad 2 be getting a light peak? Perhaps. We don't really know. It's just there's a mystery port or a hole in a connector on the top of a pa- uh, iPad 2 case from a company called Orange Byte. And I'm actually, oh, i got to love that. I try to zoom in and the ad takes over. Uh, so as you can see here on the top of the, the video, there's a little bit of a square connector. A lot of people are thinking, hmm, maybe it's a light peak. Uh, connector. Now, if we look at the light peak connector, it looks a lot like USB. In fact, it's really close to USB, and I don't like that very much. Cause in fact, it's backwards compatible with USB. Oh, it is backwards compatible. Okay. Yeah. It's basically USB, but it adds some fiber optics so that it can support, I believe, up to 10 gigs of throughput. I see. So, you know, a lot of people are thinking, well, maybe it's that, maybe it's USB 3, maybe it's just USB 2. I don't know. Uh, some people are th- have thought maybe it's a mini DisplayPort connector. I don't know why you would want to have a, a, a full-size USB port going in unless you're using some sort of, I guess, dongles for memory cards again, I guess. Com- backwards compatibility, I guess. I don't know. What I, what do you think it is, Joe? I Personally, I think it's just USB. Uh, that's a simple guess. I'll move on. But uh, what do you think? I don't know. I think it, it could be USB. Actually, the mini display port makes a lot of sense to me, except those those ports are a little bit smaller than what the hole is in the case. Um, it could be also it could be as easy as uh, um, opening up a port for the the you know changing it from the standard current Apple dot connector to the newer um, ah, micro USB port. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I, we've talked about that that's, be, that's become officially the GSM standard for phones. And there's some possibility that with GSM iPhones now being, you know, or, or getting more popular, uh, well, they've always been GSM, the, the AT&T is GSM. But with those iPhones getting more international, they may be forced to conform to that standard. And maybe they're going to, the first step is going to be with the iPad 2, uh, since that's the next new iDevice to be coming out. But uh, it'd be cool if it was Lightpeak. Uh, Lightpeak has a lot of potential. A lot of people think that Apple has been delaying support for USB 3 in favor of Lightpeak because Lightpeak has a whole lot more potential than USB 3 does uh, because of that way, way higher bandwidth. Um, and Intel has been getting it really close. In fact, we have another story about Lightpeak uh, in here. We do? Yeah. Mm. You didn't oh, see that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's Jeez. a firewire report. <laughs> you could uh, see. I was trying to hide it. Um, uh, in the next Apple story file, in case you didn't know, or if you're about to buy a MacBook Pro, you're probably going to want to wait. Don't do it. No, you can do it. Yeah, go ahead, do it. <clears throat> no, Steve, I mean you have 15 days. Steve Jobs would encourage it. And well, it, no, I mean if you buy a new Mac right now, you I have know. 15 days. You can take it back. No and there's questions. no restock policy now. Right, which is nice. Within 15 days. That's right. 15 days, right. folks. Unless you buy it at Best Buy, you get 45 or four, uh, 30, 45. Yeah, but then you get to support the, the other evil empires. So. That's right. So Apple uh, updated last week. the or They're getting ready to update this week the new MacBook Pros. At least that's a rumor. With uh, the new Sandy Bridge processors. Uh, two uh, Italian websites have listed new part numbers. And it would be a little unusual for Apple to release a product on a Thursday. But we'll see. We'll see what happens this week. Yeah. It should. Uh, also, this article doesn't mention it, but uh, new um, MacBook Pro uh, numbers have shown up on Best Buy's inventory system. Aha. Uh-huh. So here is that uh, high-speed uh, connection story that we were talking about from Apple. Excuse me. I'm going to cough. Uh, talk, Joe. Uh, well, this is, uh, this is just like, we, like I was saying earlier about Lightpeak, which is actually an Intel development. Uh, but has been pushed and and is expected to be supported by Apple at launch. Um, And this could be associated with the new MacBook Pro if it's going to happen on uh, on Thursday this week, that it may be the first uh, consumer computer to carry a Lightpeak interface. Um, The significance of Lightpeak, like I said, is uh, it's basically kind of like USB 3.0. In fact, it's backwards compatible to USB 3.0, but it is significantly faster. It uses uh, fiber optic connections right in the plug. Uh, and it allows up to 10 gigabits per second throughput uh, in both directions. So uh, I guess marketing speak would call it 20 gigs per second because it's throughput or it's uh, it's um, full duplex, you know, both both directions. But uh, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, it's got some real potential. I've been hearing about Lightpeak for years now. Uh, Intel's had it under heavy development for uh, probably the better part of five years, ever since USB 2 was announced or was released, and uh, it, it sounds really cool. It'll be supported in a lot more than Maxo in the long run, uh, hopefully at least. Uh, um, but like I said, it's backwards compatible USB 3 and USB 2. It just has a slightly different connector. Um, can I interrupt? No. Yeah. Uh, next story. You can no, try. Go, yeah, go ahead, yeah. John. <laughs> no, back on your uh, MacBook uh, thing there, and you're talking about the new one. processors. I, you know, bridge, I, yeah. I have not been you know paying attention too much lately to the the intel stuff but i was in the impression the sandy bridge was in reference to the chipset not the actual processor is that correct because they were talking uh, about you know that whole bit with that with the intel's having those the 
the trouble lately with that SATA port, and I thought that that was it was more of a problem with the Sandy Bridge. I, I believe Sandy Bridge is sort of the generic code name they've used for the next generation i series processors. So it includes okay. chipsets and processors when it, when right. it comes to that. Right. And the okay. problem, the problem they were having with the Sandy Bridge stuff, the early on stuff was in the chipset half of it, not in the processor half. The processors actually have different code names for each each processor. Correct. But uh, Sandy Bridge is sort of the universal overriding term for the whole collection okay. of parts. Now, the cool thing about the new Sandy Bridge processors is that they can handle a lot of graphics encoding right on the chip itself. Right? That's like one of the huge benefits of the Sandy Bridge chip. Like, I was hearing on Techzilla where you would see a, a core i5 Sandy Bridge chip being used uh, in a home theater situation for not only the encoding, but also you know normal viewing of uh, video and graphics and all that fun stuff. You wouldn't need a separate card. It just handles everything all on the chip. Yeah, and, and Intel's been pushing for that for a while. They, they integrated some of the graphics stuff with the current Gen i5s. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Is they're trying to... Intel's trying to make everyone think that they don't have to have a separate discrete graphics card, that they can just use the, the built-in chipset or processor graphics capabilities for 80% of their use. And that's probably true until you get into hard, you know, high-end gaming, um, which is what we like to do, in which case uh, that really doesn't apply. You're still going to be better off with a discrete um, NVIDIA or, or ATI or AMD graphics card. Yeah, I just did a quick Google search on just, you know, Intel Sandy Bridge. And off from an uh, Intel site, it said, you know, they said... Intel micro microarchitecture codename Sandy Bridge and just basically said the next generation microarchitecture codename Sandy Bridge is an incredible leap in processor integration and manufacturing. Um, blah blah blah. And said fully integrated covers. Oh, where is that now? Uh, all core plus graphics are okay. All cores plus graphics are integrated on a single chip, enabling new levels of that and. They talked about, you know, they're um, integrating the memory controller in there, too. So that one, you know, it's just like, okay, well, yeah. So that one actually sounds like they're more talking about the processor itself than the chipset on the board. Yeah, they're they're trying to do, um, Intel's trying to do now what AMD actually did a while ago where they pulled a lot of the functionality um, that was in the chipset into the processor. So it's going to have direct memory access and, and that sort of thing now instead of going yeah. through the, the chipset for that. Oh, that's right. Um, no, it said unified processor cores, memory controller, yep. last level cache or LLC, um, graphics and media processing, such as tight integration. You no, know, such tight integration enables a host of performance and efficiency. Yeah. So they're they're trying to pull as much of the of the jobs the chipset had been doing um, into the uh, uh, into the processor core itself. Uh, in the idea of the being that all of those functionalities will get faster because it'll have closer direct access to the CPU cores. Um, so, like, the, the controller for the PCI Express bus is, gonna, is brought on the core or into the chip. The, uh, the memory controller is brought into the chip, and, and now they're, they're doing the graphics stuff brought right under the chip. Um, which will, you know, I mean, it's definitely going to be an improvement. Uh, uh, Anantec has said that they've, get, they've gotten 50 to 100% better performance than the previous high-end Intel mobile chips, uh, and they've gotten better battery life at the same time, uh, which is, you know, pretty amazing. But, uh, you know, when it comes to actual gaming, when it comes to the stuff that we want to do with our graphics cards, 
I think we're still going to be better off having discrete graphics cards. Not to mention it's oh, yeah. going to be easier to upgrade those. Oh, yeah. Than it will be to upgrade your entire processor. No, there's going to be a niche. Uh, the, the, the niche will be for smaller situations where you can't, for power, you can't necessarily use a discrete graphics chip. You need something all in one. Maybe a kiosk, maybe a home theater. Those, well, those machines like the, like the MacBook Air. Oh, yeah. Um, there you go. You know, I yeah. mean, like super, super slim machines, uh, even when it comes down to netbooks, if, if they push this technology down to the, to the Atom processors um, or whatever they end up putting in the next-gen netbooks, uh, you know, that's where this will really show a benefit. Desktop PCs, high-end, even desktop replacement laptops, stuff like that, they won't see a big benefit from this other than just the processor itself being a, a major improvement. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, when it comes to slim systems or, or inexpensive systems, they should, they should see a pretty big boost in, in processor and, uh, graphics performance just with this, this generational upgrade. Quick hardware story for you here, folks. Uh, there was a lot of praises for these new, and the idea isn't new, but a hybrid hard drive where you have some solid state memory or, uh, you know, SSD on top of a standard plattered hard drive. So the Momentus XD, good hard drive. XT. XT, I'm sorry. Thank you. The <laughs> XT, now uh, after getting a lot of praises, are now hearing a lot of problems, especially on the Apple Mac. Oh, sorry, Joe. But basically, the, the problem is that the platters are, the, uh, the man- magnetic platters are spinning down inappropriately. Due to an overzealous power management scheme. That's the bad news. It's really, really bad. Uh, and that will affect performance, possibly uh, you know, chirping, uh, crashing, stuttering, and freezing. God, well, that sounds like a crash-o-matic. It sounds like a crash-o-matic. <laughs> but obviously, Seagate is owning up to the issues, which is nice. And they are involved in getting them fixed. Uh, hopefully, just some firmware updates will fix the problems. But they are working on it, as you can see with the nice picture with the hand on the video, if you're watching that as well. Which is nice. I mean, you know, hey, you know, you have some companies that will refuse, basically, to even acknowledge that there are problems. Yeah, I can't imagine who you're referring to, Death Stars. I have no um, idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be vague, man. I was, um, I was like, I'm not going to bash IBM because they made a really cool watch. Hey, I didn't computer. say IBM. I just said Death Stars. All right. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, one of the guys I work with just put one of these, uh, the laptop versions of one of these drives in his MacBook Pro, and he says he really likes it, but that it is a lot louder than his previous hard drive was. <laughs> So um, that may be connected with this, uh, with the hard drive um, spinning down, and the 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 heads actually parking um, could be maybe the loud noise that he's hearing. But that's why they go. See, look, hard drive platters fail. You need to go to S- straight SSDs. Yeah. Buy these. Yeah. Buy yeah. These. I mean, it, SSDs are great, but the capacity is not there yet. You can't right. get a 500 gig SSD for a laptop for anywhere near the price of one of these the Momentus XTs. I bet you we will in five years. Yeah, well, in five years, they'll fix the problem with these hard drives. That's right. <laughs> and actually, in five years, these laptop hard drives will probably be up to two terabytes. That's true, too. And, and they'll last for 24 hours. And it'll be an optical interface. That's right. Actually, yeah, that's they'll, they'll be hardwired into our brains. Okay. Yeah. That shut everybody up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mr. Memento. <laughs> Final geek story. No, but they'll be in our appliances, so our appliances can talk to us. Shut somebody. up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shut up. 
final final geek story. And uh, to all the geeks out there who go, uh, yeah, I'm going to wait for uh, the first service pack before I uh, go ahead and uh, get Windows 7. Uh, because I always wait for the first service pack of any new operating system before I install it. Uh, Windows 7 service pack 1 is due on February 22nd. I, I, you know, eh, who eh? cares? Because obviously if you've been running Windows Update, you're already going to have all the security updates and hot fixes. However, uh, this pack does not offer any additional new features. <sighs> Sorry. But you can go ahead and grab it if you want to on February 22nd, which is Tuesday, Patch Tuesday, which will be Super Patch Tuesday or Super Duper Patch Tuesday. Uh, but if you are waiting for Service Pack Wad, you could go ahead and uh, uh, go ahead and pick up Windows 7 at a store near you. Right, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they did this, uh, you know, at Windows XP, when they released a Service Pack for Windows XP, they introduced a whole bunch of new features, the new firewall and and, uh, you know, a bunch of stuff like that for Windows XP that was, were actually really, really good to have. And uh, with Windows Vista, they did this same sort of thing where everybody was saying, well, I'm not going to move to Vista until Service Pack 1 comes out. So as I recall, they pushed Service Pack 1 out the door like within a year after the <laughs> OS shipped. Yeah. Um, and this is exactly what it was, is it was just a hotfix, accumulated hotfix update and security update and stuff like that, um, which... You know, I guess went well enough with Windows Vista that they're going to do it with Windows Seven rather than actually. Well, wasn't Windows Seven uh, Vista Service Pack Three? Uh, uh, yeah, pretty yes, much. Yes, I mean, <laughs> Microsoft will not officially acknowledge that, but yes, that is true. Yeah, I mean, Windows Windows Seven is what Windows Vista should have been, or Windows Vista Service Pack One should have been. I don't know. Anyway, it's. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's the same sort of thing where this is just a oh. a wrap up update. This is something that. Microsoft would have released as a as a a, a patch wrap up, um, and not done any fanfare about. But now that they're calling it a service pack, they're oh. you know everybody's saying, "Oh my God, it's a service pack!" Everybody look at the service pack. Yeah, yeah. It's Vistas. I think no, yes. I, I think this one will be a little bit more non-eventful just because of the fact that how good Windows Seven has been. I I think I mean honestly, Windows Seven has been solid for the most part. It's been quick, snappy. It's what Vista should have been. Obviously, we're making all those jokes, but. You know, I think this is I think seven. Yeah. I think Windows Seven is only good if you compare it to Windows Vista. Well, um, it's good if, if you compare it to any of previously Microsoft's operating systems. You know, I'm not sure because every version of Microsoft OS was an improvement over the previous version, except for Windows ME and Windows Vista. Um, Windows, Windows XP 2000. was a definite improvement over Windows 2000. 2000 yeah. was a definite improvement over X over uh, 98. 98 was a definite improvement over over 95 and 95 was a ridiculous improvement over 3.1. Revolutionary. <laughs> but but <laughs> each, per, each update, everyone has claimed, well, the previous version's a little bit better because it's a little faster, it's a little bit, you know, there's something different about it. So they were going to stick with the previous version. By my logic, that means somewhere someone out there is running a Pentium 4 with Windows 3.1 uh, because they insist that Windows 3.1 and DOS 6.2.2 is better than Windows XP was. Because obviously it was better than 95, which was better than, or better than 98, which was better than ME, which was better than 2000, which is better than XP, which is better than Vista, which is better than 7, right? Well, if, the, if they're running WordPerfect 5.1, I would be forced to agree with you on that one, Joe. Well, but I mean, I don't know. I think Windows 7, Windows 7 is definitely a, a much better OS than a lot of previous versions of Windows that I've used. Um, I still think Windows 2000 was 
one of the high points for me. I thought it was super, super stable. It was really quick. I, I actually just worked on a, on a guy's computer a couple months ago. He was still running Windows 2000, and it was way faster than I expected it to be. Yeah, Windows uh, 2000 was very solid. I, I, I ran Windows 2000 for a number of years, but obviously it had some problems with gaming support. Well, right, but this guy <laughs> was actually doing a production shop. That's nuts. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, I, I'm Windows Seven definitely better than Vista. Windows Seven Service Pack One. Who cares? Everybody already has these updates, right? I think that's the the point that I'm trying to make is that calling this a roll up a service pack is is just stupid. Um, they should call it a roll up and actually develop a service pack. But I agree. I don't run Microsoft for some stupid reason. Developers, 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 oh, developers, yeah. developers, developers. No, wait, wait. Let me let me change that. I don't run Microsoft for a very logical reason. I won't get up on a stage and dance around like a sweating monkey. Woo! <laughs> That's what I'm talking Instead, about. I'll get on a podcast and yell about how terrible Microsoft is. That's right. And we don't have to smell you. Speaking of Microsoft, we'd like to say thank you for offering us into the Zune Marketplace and being a featured podcast on the Zune Marketplace <laughs> store. I'm actually, I'm actually serious about that, too. Uh, I, I had the... Uh, great help of a member over there on the Zoom team. I've, I've been trying to get our show actually into the Zoom marketplace for a while now. I submitted it. I would submit our feed. We'd, we'd never get in there, never get any acknowledgement. And thanks to the Tech Podcast Network, and I believe his name is Rob over there at Zoom, uh, he was able to get us in there, and we're in the rotation of the featured uh, featured shows, which is nice. Awesome. So... Uh, big big props to those people over there. And and by the way, I forgot to mention this at the top of the show, but Joe, remember last week we were we were all uh, talking about Windows Phone Seven. Yeah. All right. So I had uh, I, I know a few people outside of of our circle of friends, and I played, no, I yeah, go figure. And I no, yeah, you yeah. know people. That's that's not a lot. I mean, John no. doesn't know anyone. No. If anybody's watching the video, they see my evil eye. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, so here's the deal. I play poker at least once a week, or at least I try to. Texas Hold'em Poker down at the Tulalip Casino in Marysville. That's a free plug. It's a free plug. They don't need it. They make millions of Mostly from Canadians. Mostly. Uh, But I I do know the dealers quite well, and I've known this dealer. uh, She's worked at a couple of casinos that I used to play uh, poker at, and we kind of follower it was kind of it's always been weird but i've known her for like three three years now and so i was uh doing some that inside job i was working (laughs) (laughs) i was doing some errand running and i ran into her when i was doing some errands and we were just bsing and talking she goes hey i finally updated my old podunk phone she had an old blackberry 8800 crapple uh t-mobile special you had us a blackberry and she pulled out a Windows, uh, an HTC Windows Phone 7. And I was like, whoa, you got a Windows Phone 7? You're like one of the few people that actually got one. And I'm like, so how do you like it? And she goes, I love it. It is awesome. And she was showing me everything on, on the phone. It was fluid. She was showing me her Netflix. Uh, she was showing me you know, the Facebook integration. It, it really was really smooth and beautiful. It was a beautiful 5-inch screen. HTC makes some good phones. And I was very, very impressed with it. It was very smooth, solid. Uh, yeah, you're you're on the triple shot, by the way, John. So I don't know if people know you, you know that. By the way, yeah, I just thought just, it, 
And now he's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That was, mm. uh, yeah, 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 I know. I'm, I'm on it. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah you better take it off. Um, so anyway, I, very, very cool off. thing, Joe. I mean, if you have a chance to check out Windows Phone 7, if someone's got one in your neck of the yeah, woods, I would, I would I, I'll be out. happy to play with one. I should note, however, that yeah. she said she really loved it but she was upgrading from a BlackBerry. But remember, she was upgrading, and she could have switched to an Android. Uh, she could have switched to an iPhone. Well, uh, I, I understand did. that, but but my point is, is yes, it is a huge upgrade over a BlackBerry. A Palm Pre is a huge upgrade over a BlackBerry. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to... I still would like to play with one. I'd, I'd love to... You know, if somebody out there wants to buy, you know, buy all of us... Windows Phone sevens to try mm. at least for a while. Yeah, I don't think any of us would object to that. No, not at all. John no. might, but we don't care what he thinks. Um. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I'm, I'm actually looking at the chat room here. Dutchie says uh, he he put a link in the chat room for Zoom is dead. Long lives, uh, you know, Zoom is dead. Long lives Zoom. Well, Zoom is dead. Maybe as a music player. But Zune isn't dead because obviously you can get Zune music and marketplace stuff on the Windows Phone Seven platform. You can get Zune stuff on Xbox on Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, and obviously if you go to Zune.net/slash/podcasts, you can download podcasts through the Zune software, which is actually really decent software. If you hate iTunes and you want something to manage your music, not necessarily sync with your iPhone, but just manage your music, uh, the Zune software actually for the PC is pretty good. I've used it. Uh, so Zune isn't fully dead per se, but uh, the Zune player, yeah, I mean, yeah, no one uses standalone players much anymore. Anyway, so it doesn't really matter. So you guys want to game it up now? Sure, let's game. There, there are games out there. Well, there's game news and game stuff. Oh, we need, we need, man, someone who's musically inclined should. We need bumpers for these segments. Yeah, because. Because I now that you have a, play, a way to play sucks. them during the show, yeah. I know I do. I have a way to play them during the show. It'd be slick and awesome. But right now, it's time for the game. Game. All right, here we go. <laughs> we should just use the soundtrack from the intro to Mario or something. Uh, yeah, we get sued. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, if we used one old enough, I think it would be in public domain, wouldn't it? I don't know. Is it in public? Do- I don't know. I have no you idea. Else Someone in the chat room, switch on that quick. Oh yeah, Pri- private. Find out, if, find out if Mario's public domain. Private newbie says Seinfeld bumpers. <laughs> mm. Pretty sure that's not public domain. No. Something out of Barney Miller then. <laughs> Intro music. Hey, let's Mario. talk. Oh. Let's talk about PlayStation Two. PlayStation Two is the all-time best-selling video game console. For uh, this includes both home consoles and handhelds. As of January thirty first, the system has sold over one hundred and fifty million units worldwide in just under eleven years. Take that in for a minute. One hundred and fifty million. Uh, can you guess how many games have been sold? Uh, no, because I'm reading the article. One <laughs> one point five two billion games. One point five two billion games, and I must say, you know, my first, uh, you know, I, I I remember going down to the old Blockbuster Video and renting a PlayStation for one first, and then uh, playing and buying a PlayStation Two and modding my PlayStation. Oh, oh I mean, uh, uh, having fun with it. 
PlayStation 2, and it's still growing strong. They still sell PlayStation 2 consoles. They still produce games for the PlayStation 2. I meant that a bit, not that many, but they still do. Uh, my fondest. Well, play- every once in a while, we announce a new one coming out. Yeah, I know exactly. It's pretty amazing. My fondest uh, PlayStation Two memory w- would have to be playing Gran Turismo on it. Really, I mean, just I mean, when I think of Gran Turismo, I think of PlayStation Two, and I think of the console and how I could stand it up on end and rotate the little PS Two logo so it looks correct if it's standing up on end. That do you, do you have a PlayStation Two memory, Joe, at all? Uh, you know, the only PS2 memory I really have was playing, um, Gran Turismo with, a uh, my good friend from Scotland. Um, he and I, uh, he got me introduced to the whole PlayStation world and, um, he was actually over here. He was in the U S when the PS2 came out and he bought a U.S. edition PS2 and the U S edition of, uh, of Gran Turismo. Um, and, uh, we played through a big chunk of the game and, uh, that, that's pretty much all I remember about it really is, is I didn't play a whole lot of other games besides Gran Turismo on the uh, PlayStation two. John, did you have a chance to even play any, uh, PlayStation two games at all or no, 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 no. Well, speaking of PlayStation news on, in, in the unfortunate, sad department, I must say, uh, a municipal court in Philadelphia heard the confession yesterday, this was last week, mm-hmm. of a 16-year-old who will stand trial for the murder of his mother over a PlayStation system, obviously one of the 150 million of them. According to his confession, on the evening of Thanksgiving, Anderson argued with his mother for an hour and a half, an argument that culminated with the mom confiscating the boy's PlayStation. In response... The boy waited until his mom was asleep and then attacked her with a claw hammer, delivering over 20 blows. This is not funny. Delivering over 20 blows, beating his own mother to death on her bed. Uh, The youth says, I could not stand the arguing. Uh, If I could, I would not do it again. I really miss my mom. She was the only person who cared for me. Uh, The grand jury had decided that the boy will stand trial for murder and the possession of an instrument of crime and the abuse of a corpse. Truly a tragic and sad story here. I'm, I was waiting to hear in the story where they blame Grand Theft Auto or some other video game for this, but... No. What, I just, like, what possesses somebody to, to kill over a video game or video game system? I just... I... What do you say to that, really? I don't. I don't think it's over a bit. I mean, I mean, it's. I don't think it's the sort of thing where you can say that it's because of video games or because of a video game system. I think it's the sort of thing where this person was already somehow disturbed, mm-hmm. and this is just like the tipping point. Uh, you know, whatever whatever it was, this was just the the end, the thing that caused it in the end. It's not like this was the source of the problem, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, but it is it is a, definitely a tragedy, and this sort of thing happens. I mean, it happens probably more often with with non-console or gaming console-related things. It's just that because gaming consoles are the current scapegoat for everything. Yeah. Um, that's there, what's get, getting reported. Unfortunately, you know, there's, an, there's another story that follows the same lines, and, and this story actually uh, doesn't blame the game, but it does mention the game. Uh, Rocky 
Donanito, I believe I'm pronouncing his name right, an Oklahoma ex-soldier, gets 75 years in prison uh, for stomping an 8-year-old boy into a coma over an Xbox game. Uh, the jury took only 30 minutes to find the soldier guilty of punching and stomping his girlfriend's 8-year-old son so bad that his intestines burst. The reason? The boy deleted his Grand Theft Auto 4 profile. I mean, just... What? I mean, you got to go into the psychology here. I mean, what really... I mean, obviously, I mean, people use these games as a release, obviously. And I think, you know, obviously there's a few bad apples out there that get so enriched and so entrusted into a game that they lose all sense and all touch of reality. And when they do that, they think nothing else is, uh, is, you know, nothing else matters, and all that matters is the video game. And so obviously when this guy lost his save game that he put obviously hours and hours and hours into it, he snapped and he hurt this 8-year-old boy that probably didn't even know any better and was just hitting buttons and mashing stuff. Um, uh, it's just sad. It's just retardedly sad. And But I'm just hoping when these stories come out, and obviously there's, there's these two that came out over the past week, that it's not used as an excuse to try to control and limit and restrict the availability of games, you know, like Call of Duty, like Grand Theft Auto. You know, obviously, adults, there are going to be adults out there that are crazy and weird and stupid. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there are crazy adults that are weird and stupid, and they still get guns and shoot people. You know, it's like, you know, what do you do? You just continue and hope to educate, and you go from there. Obviously, when you see stories like this, there's always public groups out there who want to, oh, we need to restrict. We need to uh, re- you know, limit the sale. We need to keep it out of kids' hands because, because, of, because of these type of stories, people are going to die because of Grand Theft Auto. People will always die. John, stop killing people, John. Okay. <laughs> You guys have uh, any comments you want to throw into that at all? Joe? Well, there have been crazy people killing people for years before video games. There will be crazy people killing people for years after video games are not mm-hmm. the uh, the scapegoat they currently are. Yeah. yeah no, I, I agree. It's just, uh, it's sad. It's, it's depressing. And, you know, it's stories like this that need to make you... Maybe make you realize that you know video games are not the end all of everything. It's a great release. It's a great entertainment value, but when it comes down to it, people are more important than video games. John, people are more important than Eve. Yes, definitely more important than Eve. So Big make time. sure you know that. Yeah, I. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I was just saying uh, I could elaborate on that, but I'll, I'll leave it alone. I will leave it alone. So if somebody steals your ship in Eve, John. You're not going to go in. You don't no. need to go postal. No, actually, okay. I, I had a pretty major loss this last week, and I so, uh, actually a few people were kind of freaked out about it. But I was just like, hey, I, you know, actually I, I posted in a spot that it's, it's a game. Yeah, it happened. It bums me out, but, you know. It's a, I mean, I, it's like, yeah, okay, it's a game. You know, I wasn't, I, you know, didn't go like smashing my monitor, throwing a fit, and then up like on FPS YouTube. Doug? Yeah, you know, yeah, or some, you know, yeah, FPS Doug. Or, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, well, I was like, oh, well, well, okay, that ship's gone. That that amount of uh, 
inventory. Yeah, that those was, hours and hours of your life that you'll never recover. No, actually, there wasn't. There was probably twenty minutes. <laughs> it wasn't like I really lost any personal time over it. It was just in-game currency. But uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Next. Any other uh, gaming... <laughs> Go on. In other gaming news, Electronic Arts EA has decided to put a huge pause button on Mirror's Edge 2 development. Uh, the team over at DICE showed EA a prototype, and it was declined, and they've already had and put a pause on development. The rumor is right now that they want to take that extra development time and place it in towards e- uh, Battlefield 3, uh, obviously, they want to take over the crown from the Call of Duty series. In doing so, the uh, in case you didn't know, Mirror. I thought, I thought they did that. Bad Company Two. No, that's not. That's not Battlefield Three. No, that's no, no. no. It's bringing back uh, vehicles, John. They're gonna, they're going to bring back yeah. vehicles. Well, Battlefield really? Three is probably going to be a new engine again. Yeah, and it's going to be. They've already said sixty-four players. You know, massive servers. It's you know, it's going to go back to its. So it's going like Battlefield Two was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in case you guys didn't know, Mirror's Edge mirrored uh, kind of a, a parkour uh, adventure. Parkour's, uh, you know, yeah. uh, you, you, you jumping around buildings and concrete. You know, jumping over air conditioners and jumping around staircases. And it was I a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, a kind yeah. of an adventure action game. Yeah. It was. Joe, it was actually quite, quite a bit of fun to play. Did you yeah. just play the demo, or did you actually play the game? me yes i had the whole game okay cool in fact i had it on console and on uh, pc i think at one point wow so cool you guys uh so john doesn't have facebook no so i I won't even ask him but joe do you play any games on on facebook at all just say no 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 i don't well facebook browser game developer zynga has been estimated and valued According to Reuters, between seven and nine billion dollars, and I need to actually uh, change the story here. Sorry, <laughs> there we go. Um, obviously, for a browser-based game, you know, like Farmville, as you're seeing a picture screenshot, because I, I, I don't have the game, I don't play the game. But, but really, ten billion dollars for a browser-based game? Nice. That means we're. I guess, we're I, guess I should correct that. I have played poker on it, but that's it. Okay. But yeah, I mean, ten ten billion dollars. It's is it all because of Farmville? <laughs> I don't know. I uh, mean, what else have they really done? Farmville, poker. They they've done like the pirates and the mafia games, right? And I don't know. I mean, I guess a lot of people play these things, but how can it be worth nine billion dollars? Up to nine billion dollars. That's ridiculous. Well, it's because there's how many billions of people on Facebook. I mean, I guess. I mean, that's I mean, probably it, right? A dollar a person. How long a until a like person. EA buys them up? Well, they're trying. I, I know EA is trying to increase their their mobile space, their uh, social media space. I mean, obviously, EA has Pogo. They have Pogo dot com, which you know obviously has been slipping a bit. My wife still likes to play Pogo. She likes to earn those badges. It's always about those badges. So. Um, I'm, uh, do you guys want to cover the top 10 best co-op games or do you guys want to skip it for next week? We already skipped it one week, didn't we? Uh, yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we have a trailer that I want to show as well. 
So we might as well go over the co-op games. Okay. I mean, there there's some interesting titles in here. I don't know if we agree with all of them, but so this story was published a few weeks ago by GamerRanks.com, and which lists the top ten best co-op games for the PC. Because we're obviously community-based gamers, we like gaming with our friends and family. We we game together. A, ga- a family that games together stays together, in, in my honest opinion, really. Are we sure we didn't? No, we didn't cover this. Mm. It was, it's been in the show notes for a couple of weeks now, but I've been, yeah. I've been pushing it back. Yeah. So some of the games that are out there that you may want to consider if you're looking at co-op play, because obviously there's not a lot of games that can do co-op play, and some of the ones that are out there honestly do suck. Uh, so we're going to go through the list, and we're going to see if we actually agree or disagree with Gamer Rink's recommendations of the top 10 best co-op games for the PC. So coming in, uh, one of them is Titan Quest. And Titan Quest is kind of like a Diablo 2 clone. But it does offer you the ability uh, with one other person to you know, slay monsters, uh, which is really, really cool. Uh, would you guys agree with that? I've actually played Titan Quest. My wife's played Titan Quest. It's a good game. I agree. On that one, I've never, I've never played it. You should try it out. Um, it's a Diablo two clone. It's. <laughs> I just looked at that, that thing there. I'm looking to go. Yeah, that's like, he's part of the Diablo two engine or some of the graphics out of it. <laughs> I, I mean, know. Uh, <laughs> uh, another game is called Killing Floor. Players must fend off difficult waves of zombies as they make way to shopkeepers across the map to refill their supplies and upgrade their equipment. Never heard of this game. Uh, so we got that. Um, I don't know. There's a game called StarCraft 2. I don't know if you guys heard of that one. Never. Never. Okay. Well, oh, gosh. i got to go to the next page. I hate that crap. Uh, Guild Wars, another uh, another great game. Uh, MMORPG. That is free. Well, semi-MMO. Semi-MMO. Okay. Yeah. But it is free. It it's is. Uh, well, the month, there's no monthly on it. Yeah. 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 And it's, uh, it's kind of like a Magic the Gathering type of a thing. MMO mix thing. Yeah. Up to 32 players. Uh, uh I'm not sure. You can you can do groups of eight. Yeah. Uh, and I guess uh, you can play against other teams for a total of up to 32 players playing um, in groups of eight against each other, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So you can have four groups of eight playing against each other. Well, you know, that's the thing. They don't talk about that. That up to 32, that's going to be in the uh, PvP area. Yeah, in the um, PvP arenas, yeah. Yeah, because otherwise it's, it's just your groups of eight on the uh, yeah. PVE. Yeah. Uh, another game that, uh, you know, you is good to play with your friends, a good co-op game, a uh, game called... Uh, Love or Hate, you uh, do play it with other people. World of Warcraft, duh. All right. Another game that I've actually never heard of that um, I'm interested in actually trying. I don't know if you've heard of it, Joe. Defcon? Uh, I haven't heard of Defcon, but I have another game that sounded pretty similar to this. Um, I can't think of what it's called right now. So obviously there are no real winners because you're you're bombing other countries and nuclear war and everyone's going to die at some point. But hey, if you're the last country to win, DEFCON. If you're the last country in which everyone's not dead, you win. Yeah, yes. yes. Uh, can't forget not dead it. yet, I guess we should You say. can't forget about this one, and that's Diablo 2. Diablo 2. Even though it's 10 years old, you can still team up with other players, uh, and there is continued support... You could still play it online with friends. Pretty cool. For free. Yeah, for free. And free is always good, right, Joe? Well, you still have to purchase the initial purchase. We have to buy the initial game, but, uh, I mean, it's just like Guild Wars. There's no monthly fee involved in playing it. Now, you you haven't gone to page three yet, have you, Joe? Yeah, I have. Oh, damn it. All right. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, <laughs> game called Minecraft. Duh. Woo-hoo, yeah, Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, Minecraft made it. And I, I, I've seen people playing this at, at the LAN party, uh, which was great. And even though it's still in beta, it is just huge. Another good co-op game, which I am inclined to agree with, which we were playing at the LAN, Until Battlefield, Bad Company 2. Unfortunately, there is no land component, so we had a little bit of a ping issue for some odd, weird reason. Yep. But, but there you go, Battlefield Bad Company Two, which is a fun game, and of course, Left for Dead Two. Duh! I mean, that's probably the best co-op game on this list. Awesome, fun game. Oh yeah, and uh, honorable mentions: uh, Warhammer, Planet Side, Resident Evil Five, Borderlands, Dead Rising Two. Which, yeah, okay. Honestly, I think Borderlands probably should be on this list. It is a really good co-op game, and it has a real big focus on co-op play. Yeah. So it would probably make sense to put that on there, oh, I don't know, instead of, uh, I don't know, maybe StarCraft or Titan Quest. I don't know. Other uh, honorable mentions uh, also include, our upcoming co-op games don't forget about is Brink, Portal 2, and Diablo 3, which whenever it does eventually come out. Portal 2 will be awesome. Oh, you think? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it Diablo 3 will be somewhere between Portal 2 and Duke Nukem. Port- Portal 3 better be awesome, or else there will be a band of people who will gather together and march on, uh, on Valve's headquarters, a la Egypt, and insist Gabe Newell step down. So, All right, I, I'm trying to stall here because I actually need to... Because of the trailer that I'm going to play... It requires me to sign in to uh, authenticate my lovely age, because you know if 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 you if you know if you don't put your age, it would be terrible if you were under eighteen and accidentally watched that. Yes, Chase, do I do I need to sign the the guardian waiver for you? Yes, you do, John. <laughs> okay. Please sign it because you know I don't feel comfortable if you don't. Do I need to get you a stapler? Please give me a stapler. So what I like to do Punching by. is uh, hopefully every week we can bring you guys on the video and audio, because you're going to hear it, an upcoming game, a trailer, if you will, uh, officially. Uh, it could be a game that's good. It could be a game that sucks. It could be something. Uh, so there is this uh, game that was recently announced, and we can't wait to actually get our hands on it and play it. It's a game called Dead Island. And if you hadn't had a chance to check it out, uh, you're going to want to check out this video and trailer of Dead Island. And let's play today. Play. Will you play? Squirrel. It doesn't want to play. <laughs> <laughs> You having a hard time with uh, YouTube there? It's not playing. Oh, Joe. Hold it on. Knows. I'll I'll reload the page. Sometimes, oh. Sometimes that's what you need to do. Ah, it's 18. going. Here we go. <laughs> it's like, it stopped. Well, it's all these logos. You know, the, the logos, the Techland logo. And yep. here we go.
So it shows this uh, girl running from zombies, and then it flashes back to uh, this girl running on the back of her dad. Basically trying to fight zombies off in this uh, hotel room. And the graphics are, are really just incredible. Obviously, these are cutscenes, so we don't know if this is actual real gameplay. trying to hold off the, the zombie horde grabs an axe and starts whacking away at the bellman go dead island coming out uh for no doubt all of the lovely different consoles and places that are out there uh opinions joe what do you think uh i think it looks like it could be really good um i'm looking right now and it's uh according to the wikipedia article it is an open world video game in development by techland for windows xbox 360 and ps3 um, the idea of, of at least from the, the trailer, and it's more of a teaser trailer than anything else, the idea of the game appears to be that it's a family who go on vacation to a, an island, a, a tropical island, where they have a zombie breakout while they're there. And it's um, sort of trying to survive that zombie break, uh, outbreak, which could be, um, could be really interesting. Uh, it says it, the gameplay says it will feature an open world gameplay played from a first person per- perspective with up to four player cooperative play. Focus will be on melee combat, incorporating customizable weaponry and RPG elements. So it could be really, really good. Uh, it sounds a little bit like Left 4 Dead, uh, but on a bigger focus on on uh, um, on melee instead of actual uh, firearms and stuff like that, like Left 4 Dead 1. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, my understanding is there's already a um, there's already a movie deal in the works for it. Uh, the trailer certainly is uh, is pretty compelling. Um, it looks like it could have some really, really good storyline in it. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, there's no set word for release other than sometime this year, probably. Yeah, I, I gotta say it looks it looks fen- phenomenal. I mean, it looks ultra realistic. And if you have a chance to come back and watch the video, I really encourage you guys to do so because really, it's just it's gorgeous if it yeah, actually yeah. comes out that way. And the hope is that it will look like that in the actual game. Although uh, Chase and I were talking about it earlier. 
there's a pretty good chance that that is more than what most consoles can output now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we might be able to get that on the PC as long as they don't develop for the console first and then leave it as a, um, as a you know, crappy port over to PC. But we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. John? Well, I'd say, you know, if it's going to be open world, that might be a bit more attractive. Um, I know every, every, I'm going to get burned for this. Personally, I don't really care for playing Left 4 Dead too much because it's too, you know, I mean, sure, you got to play with the group. That's no big deal. But it's really linear. It's like, okay, you got to go down to this hall. I mean, to me, yeah. it doesn't, you know, it's like if you screw up or you're getting off the wrong path, yeah. you're done. Yeah. You know, it, it, you got to, I don't know. You're not really trying to survive per se. You're just trying to make it to the uh, to the safe point. You know? The next safe it, it point. The yeah. next level, yeah. you know. But to where, yeah, I mean, that looks kind of cool if it's going to be more of an open world where they can go out and, you know, do a little more exploratory zombie sloshing. That's true. And I know a lot of people have, have or I, I've talked to people who've said that they wish there was a zombie outbreak MMO. Um, and uh, maybe maybe rela- somewhat related to that is I did hear recently that uh, the TV series Walking Dead has been picked up as a video game. Um, that somebody's going to be developing that as a game. Hopefully that will be an open world type situation too. Yeah, I, I love the idea of a zombie MMO that resets when say 80% of the population or 90% of the population are zombies. So you can spend, you can become infected and after a month or after two months or three months or whenever, um, if you've become a zombie, it get you know, the game will reset and uh, all of a sudden now there's a very small percentage of zombies and mostly humans who, and the humans, there's no reason why the humans can't fight against each other to survive as well. Um, but I, I love yeah. that sort of <laughs> idea of, 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 an, of an MMO. I think that would be really, really compelling. Um, really, really hard to pull off in, a, in an actual game. But I think it would be an, an amazing uh, type of title. I can't wait. I mean, uh, my wife uh, first showed me this game, uh, or you know, she told me about this game, and it's it's a it's a great concept. I you know I I, I hate to equ- uh, equivalent this, but you know, Grand Theft Auto on a zombie scale, <laughs> you know, where hopefully, I mean, hopefully it sounds like it's yeah. it's an RPG slash Grand Theft Auto type of. No, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, who knows? It it yeah. could end up being the game sucks completely, and you know we won't know until it comes. That's out. true, and it runs like crap, and we have yeah, yeah, that's right. It looks you like get that. eight frames what per second that? on what an Xbox. What was that game? What was that? Yeah, which game? Our that's right. uh, Second Life. Oh, God. <laughs> no, that is banned. That is a banned term from this show. We do not talk about Second Life on this show. Second oh, Life. Oh come on, that was fun. Oh yeah. God. Or <laughs> that's Superman. Let's fly over uh, here. Wait, yeah, no, what? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> All right. Well, we have our release release bleh, release release list. Thank you. Re- I can say it. Release list time. Sure, you did. Uh, let's talk about the games that are coming out for the week of February February twentieth, twenty eleven. What is coming out mm. for the Xbox three sixty, Mister John Kessler? We have D Blob two. What D- it's about? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> What? What was yeah. it about? We also have Bejeweled Blitz Live, another Bejeweled le- release. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Knight's Contract. Don't know what kind of disease they contract, but it's out there. Uh, Dreamcast Collection. The Dreamcast Collection. Now, on the 360. Now, the games that are going to be coming out on this will include Sonic Adventure, Crazy Taxi, Sega Bass Fishing, Space Channel 5 Part 2. So I'm actually... Probably going to pick this sucker up just for Sonic Adventure if it doesn't suck. Hopefully. And 
bullet, 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 bullet storm. Bullet storm. Yeah. Yes, I was getting there. All right. <sighs> if you haven't heard of bullet storm yet, you are under a rock. <laughs> What's a rock? Uh, 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 it's a country that's in the Middle East. John. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Maybe, maybe I should have said, if you haven't heard of bullet storm yet, you are in Iraq. <laughs> What's coming out for the Wii and PSP, <laughs> Mr. Joseph Falby? Uh, the Wii and PSP? Yes. I just sorted. Shouldn't it be the Wii and DS? No, oh, Wii and DS, fine. The All handhelds. Right. Go ahead. Okay. The hand. Wait, Wii's not a handheld. Well, never mind. <laughs> you you got know, Wii. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, coming up for the Wii. Yes, it is a handheld. No, are you? <laughs> um, the De Blob Two is coming out for the Wii as well, along with Cozy Fire and Trackmania Wii. What? Which, if it's anything like Trackmania on the PC, it could be a lot of fun. So track me in on the PC. You got to play it with a mouse. All right. What's coming out for the oh, uh, play and, with the keyboard and mouse and the, D- and, and the DS, the DS, uh, the DS has radiant historia rec room games. Uh, D Bob two is also coming out for the DS Arctic escape track mania turbo, which again, if it's anything like the other track mania games could be a lot of fun and remote racers. And I'll throw the PSP in there too, because you told me to earlier. Sure. Um, is uh, wise one and two chronicles. Y- y- yes yes <laughs> i don't know it's <laughs> okay uh, who, uh, who knows uh, honestly it's a psp game nobody's gonna buy it anyway right exactly <laughs> um coming out for the playstation 3 and the ps uh P- pc uh bullet storm fallout new vegas dead money which is an add-on uh knight's contract uh kill zone 3 the blob 2 which is also coming out for the other before mentioned uh, also coming out for the personal computer, the PC, uh, we have uh, a nice long list of titles: Bulletstorm, the Dreamcast Collection, Trapped Dead, Gemini Rue, Cities in Motion, Fallout New Vegas, Dead Money, Painkiller Redemption, EverQuest Two, Destiny of Valulus, and Gray Matter. Yeah, yeah, Gray Matter. That's nice. I like Gray Matter. No, I don't. Wait, never mind. Well, Bill- Bulletstorm actually has promise. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a really good game. Um, it's the one that uh, I think we talked about last week about... Um, did we talk about Duty Calls? Uh, yes, um, we did. Okay. It's the one that, that EA made Duty Calls as sort of a um, uh, a spoof to try to push uh, traffic towards Bulletstorm. as a lot of uh, options for how to kill the people in the game. That's kind of gruesome, but uh, I mean, that's you know what these games are. Uh, so... Um, it's it's got some cool potential. Like I said, if you have if you haven't been paying attention to any media at all, then you may not know what it is. But if you've turned on a TV at all in the last two weeks, you've probably seen a commercial for it. Um, and uh, the other the other game in here I w- I'd like to highlight is Cities in Motion. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like SimCity. Uh, only the cities are mostly pre-built, and all you're doing is managing the uh, the traffic and the transportation system. So you build a subway, you build bus routes, you build stuff like that. Ooh. I know it sounds kind of boring and tedious. I'm actually interested in that crap. <laughs> but it's actually kind of interesting. I've been playing the demo slash beta for uh, for about a week now, and uh, it's actually better than you think. Um, it's it's pretty cool. And that's so cities. It's worth, it's worth checking out at least. Cities in motion. How the how, how do the the graphics look on that, Joe? I mean, good, uh, actually, bad? the graphics look really good. Um, you know, I mean, they're not they're not you know Dead Island good, but they are they're really pretty good. Um, probably better than the uh, than SimCity I've seen in the past. So now, do the top five percent scores in that game uh, get uh, approached for civil engineering jobs? Uh, that's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They. 
if you win, if you win, uh, if you get a yeah top one or five percent in score, then uh, you're automatically entered to become the mayor of some city. Yeah, no, I, I have, I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. It, it is actually better than you think. Sort of like you don't think uh, um, some of the tycoon games would be any good, but some of them are actually a lot of fun. Will it be on or Steam? Is the question. Uh, I believe it is on Steam, but I'm not sure. Okay, because that's a, see. I always like to look to Steam first if I can buy it there. Yeah, it is on Steam. It's going to be twenty bucks on Steam. Sweet, sweet. All right. So, uh, in case you guys didn't know, we we have a website. It's called GeekGamerWeekly.com. Uh, Actually, GeekGamerRadio.com, but whatever. And both sites go to the same place. Uh, just to let everybody know we are now, like I said, on the Zoom Marketplace. So you can click that link, and it'll take you right to our Zoom page. Uh, you can also subscribe uh, using uh, your Apple device, uh, MP3 or video. We have them both there. Um, also, we have a, a huge little server listener button on the top right-hand corner of the page. We ask that you go ahead and click that and take our listener survey. Uh, obviously, we are able to uh, get sponsors and actually help you know, put money into the show and, cr- and increase our technology so we don't have to put money out of our pocket. Uh, but in order to have good advertising, we need to know who actually listens to the show. Uh, you know, meaning you know demographics and what type of people and gamers and, and geekers and out there. So take up that uh, listener survey. It's completely confidential. No one knows. We don't know who's uh, responding. But please be honest. Uh, give us your thoughts. Give us your questions. Also on the website is if you click on that email all shows button, it will take you to a contact page. Where you can go ahead and just leave us, uh, you know, information. If, if there's a story that we missed, or if you want to plug something, or if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do that too. Just go ahead and fill out this form and submit it. And if it's good and it's awesome, we'll read it live on the air. No spam, but you know, hey, check that out as well. Uh, we also have, uh, you know, all of our videos up on YouTube. We're also on the Tech Podcast channel at TechPodcast.tv. You can find us, like I said, on the Boxy Box and the Roku Box under the Tech Podcast channel. Just go to that channel, then go to the gaming category, and you will find us there at Geek Gamer Weekly. Also, over the next coming week, uh, if you notice any website outages or weird stuff, I'm in the middle of making some changes and moving us under the GeekGamer.tv banner. Uh, So, if you notice any weird disruptions, uh, let me know, but you shouldn't. Uh, Hopefully, I'll be... Moving the feeds over, but thanks to the magic of internet technology, you won't have to worry about missing anything. So, which is yes. Nice. So, if it's down, if the website's down, you can't you know access it. Con- use the contact page to contact Chase. <laughs> well, you can always just use ggrgeekgamerradio.com. ggrgeekgamerradio.com. And actually, I should have like a standalone blog, but that that will come out once the new site launches and all that yeah. stuff. So. Um, as always, it is a pleasure having Mr. John Kessler here on the show. He is our chief operating officer of Chat Operations. Mm-hmm. And he's been holding down the chat room, which we've had a, a great list of awesome people in there. See, colon slash, uh, Dutchie, a uh, little Foxel, Raidsoft, Brock Sampson, and Private Newbie. How, how have they been, yeah. Mr. I, John? I, I don't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, Joe kicked me, so I was like, oh, I guess I'm not in there tonight. Oh. <laughs> all right, well, all right. Well, it's hard to compete with a scratch pad on my laptop versus his mouse. So That's I true. wasn't even going to play that game. That's <laughs> true. All right. 
Uh, Joseph Falby in beautiful, high-definition widescreen. Woohoo! Yeah! Yeah, that's what I'm talking We're going to have to spice up that background there, Joe. i got to come up with some, besides the speakers, you mean? Yeah. Well, which <laughs> just, just drag a sheet over everything. I got my, I got my, um, my, my tablet up here over here. That we can't even see, see what's it. on it, yeah. Yeah, it's actually a picture of Napolisa. That's, I think I'm going to put some shelves up or try to come up with some shelves or something, and then I'll put... Uh, like my uh, Virtual Boy and my Appalisa and stuff like that up behind. Private me. newbie thinks you have a Death Star microphone. Uh, <laughs> it's not a Death Star. It's a blue snowball. That's white. It's a. It is white. It's yes. white. You should yeah. get the the Yeti. Have you seen the Yeti? I have seen the Yeti. Uh, it somehow seems like it would be overkill for me, especially because it's like 150 bucks. Yeah, but you can use it as an XLR mic too, which is nice. I could, but it's an area mic, so even if I went up there and visited you guys, it would pick up an entire room. That's true. Yeah. So it wouldn't really do very well for that. We'd just put it out in the middle of the table and just use one mic. <laughs> we could. Actually, yeah, you could do that with that. Uh, oh, and I forgot to ask you this, John. Anything yes. you want to plug this week or anything at all? Mm. OPNW. All right. How about, how about what games did you play? Oh, that too. Well, I thought we already to- talked about well, that. Well, we kind of talked about that already, you know, at the at the LAN party. Well, we did. Well, we talked about what yeah. happened again. But. Yeah, all right. Well, no, I, I like I said, we played a little... Uh, Rock Band 3 this week, um, a little Eve this week, and some pinball. A lot of uh, pinball. Yep, well, actually a lot of pinball, not just a little bit. And then, um, God, what else did we play there? Bad Company 2 until our pings all went off to the end of the scale and <laughs> yeah, yeah. kicked or network dropped and all kinds yeah. of fun stuff. Yeah. No, that's it. Earth Shaker, not Ground Shaker. Get it right, Private Newbie. Yeah. What games did you play, Mr. Joseph Falby? Uh, uh, yeah, I hate to admit it, um, but actually I, I spent some time playing on the Xbox. <gasps> no. uh, I've been wanting to play uh, Limbo, that Xbox arcade game, the live arcade game for a while. And uh, so I picked that up. I had some Microsoft points left over from something. I don't know what. It was a mistake. I'm never going to use the rest. Um, and uh, so I picked up Limbo, and I played a bit of that today. Or not today, but uh, earlier this week. And I actually had a good time with it. It's, uh, it's, kinda, it's a lot of fun. So cool. I'll probably play some more of it. Not a whole lot more, but some more. Right. Awesome. I, uh, what did I get to do? What did I play? Well, I, like I said, I, I played uh, Battlefield Bad Company 2. I played some Quake 3. I played from Left 4 Dead 2. I played from Stalker, which was meh, uh, and a lot of pinball, a lot of pinball. No no console game playing for me this week. All It's been all PC or arcade, or pinball, I should say. But I'll probably be playing some more PC games with this new Cities in Motion game. Because when SimCity, I mean, SimCity 4 came out and the Deluxe Edition, I mean, I was gone. I mean, literally, people couldn't find me because I was just, like, engrossed in SimCity. I, I've loved SimCity... Since I was a little boy, uh, playing on the Macintosh Plus, and there was a there was a cheat code. You type in F U N D fund, and you would add more money to your account. But like every fifth or tenth, you would get an earthquake. So what I would do is I would go F U N D F U N D, and I would be doing that for like you know a thousand times. I build up my money cash flows, and then I would build my city as how I would want to build it, which was a lot of fun. I love that crap. So there you go. No, we also played. Uh I was going to say a joke about the uh, we we played uh, pinball repairman. Oh yeah, pinball repairman. Yes. Yeah. Rudy uh, Ru- Rudy eats gears for breakfast. He got lockjaw. 
Really? Again? Uh, yeah, again. We, again, yeah. But we Jeez. had to re- it, it's notorious. And also we blew a couple fuses. Yeah. Um said <laughs> yeah, we played we played a, a little pinball. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that we had to fix the machine yeah. twice. I hope to launch a, a pinball podcast. Uh, I really want to. Uh with a couple of uh uh, pinball uh, aficionados, and hopefully, Joe, we can get your black hole up and going and yep. help you out. You're gonna, you're gonna call the show "Pimp Pimp My Pinball." Pimp my pinball. Pinball hose. I don't know. It's got to be good. Pimp was, my ball. Pimp my ball. Huh. <laughs> That's just wrong. Bad. That's just it's wrong. just going downhill real fast. Yeah, real fast. <laughs> we, we better get out of here while we still can. Yeah. Um, I want to say thanks to everybody who actually helps spread the word of the show. We ask that you tell one friend. Uh, you can actually subscribe to us on Justin.tv. If you want to know when we go live, you can follow this show on Justin TV. So you click the follow button. As soon as we go live, you're going to know about it. We also periodically, during the course of a week, uh, will rebroadcast the show live. So in case you miss it live, you can always rewatch it again. We'll be on YouTube. We'll be everywhere. Uh, but we do appreciate that you tell at least one or two people about our show and help spread the word. Uh, we would appreciate it. We really, really do. Uh, so anyway, I uh, just want to say thanks to you guys. Thanks to John Kessler. Thanks, mm-hmm. to, thanks to Joe Falby. Uh, thanks to everybody watching and listening to this show, Geek Gamer Weekly. And uh, I think that's about it. And goodbye. Good night, Gracie. Is this real life? Uh, no. <laughs> this is just fantasy. Is this the real life? Is it just fantasy? All right, five. Oh my god! Born in a land. <laughs> no, make it stop! Make it stop! Reality. Open your eyes. Look up to the skies and see. I'm just a poor boy. I need no sympathy. <laughs> Wait. I'm easy come, easy go, little uh, high, little low. Anywhere the wind blows, nothing really matters to me. To me. Alright, go. You better burn that one on that cutting room floor. Oh, wait, no, no, that's. That's going on the highlights. All right.